Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Hello, I'm Joey Wright, and welcome to a new episode of Extra Prep, the News Gazette's weekly high school sports podcast. The IHSA fall sports season is in full swing, and no pun intended, that most definitely includes golf. Golf was the first sport to start back in mid-August, and already nearly a month into the IHSA season, Muhammad Seymour has proved itself among the area's best. Headlined by a duo of Reese Claybrook and Leif Olson, the Bulldogs have ambitions of potentially winning a state championship, and they're off to a good start. They've looked good in every tournament they've played in so far this season. Matt Daniels and I, on the other side of our first break, will talk with Reese and Leif about all things Muhammad Seymour Boys Golf. Plus, stick around for a discussion of the third week of the IHSA football season and what to look for in the coming week around the area. This is Extra Prep. Stick around. For an unprecedented seven years in a row, the News Gazette has been named the state's best newspaper. Nobody covers all the area communities like News Gazette, our county section. Adding a News Gazette subscription is easy. For less than $1 per day, no other media outlet gives you award-winning, in-depth coverage of local news and sports. Please go to news-gazette.com and click on the word subscribe in the banner. Order a News Gazette print subscription today. Welcome to Extra Prep, the News Gazette's weekly high school sports podcast. The second episode of our second season takes us to Muhammad Seymour High School, catching up with a pair of Muhammad Seymour boys golfers, Leif Olson and Reese Claybrook. Guys, thanks for making some time with us. Uh, skipping class here. What's, uh, <laughs> what, what class are we getting you guys out of for this? I'm in a U.S. Histories class. I wanna. I just want to thank. Uh, flip for letting me uh, come to this podcast. <laughs> tell tell Coach Steve Filippo that it, it's okay. So uh, we'll <laughs> we'll make sure you get back in class in time. But Reese, we'll, we'll we'll start with you. Heck of a season you guys are having so far. Just uh, how confident are you guys, and, and what's been kind of the key to success? Um, I, I think we're pretty confident as a team. Um, we're off to a pretty good start. Um, I think our key to success is probably how much work we put in in our practices after school. Mm-hmm. Coach is really doing a good job of. Uh, make sure we're practicing the right things mm-hmm. at the right times. So. Gotcha. Uh, Life too. Just uh, what's it been like? Just uh, uh, just seeing all the success you guys are having so far, and uh, I'm sure it sets you up too for some some lofty expectations uh, once the postseason gets here in a few weeks. Yeah, we're excited to move far into the postseason, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's going to be a great opportunity to get us super deep into state. Mm-hmm. I think we'll be hopefully top three at least. Um, but yeah, we're excited. Yeah, what are the aspirations? What are the goals for for this team, especially when when the postseason rolls around here with regionals in what less yeah. than three weeks? Or so? um, well, I think not making state would kind of make this season a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, we're hoping to really show that we're here mm-hmm. as a team, and yeah. um, I I think first is completely within uh, mm-hmm. Re- within reach. reach. Gotcha. Yeah. Huge win yesterday at the John Masick tournament that was supposed to be played 
few weeks ago, but it was so hot, got moved to yesterday. And, and you guys were the only area team in the top ten. Uh, Reese, take us inside that win, that triumph, and then what other tournaments this season do you think have uh, have maybe made uh, have been particularly important for you guys so far? Yeah, yesterday I think we played pretty good as a team. Um, it was pretty windy yesterday, so I think we fought through that pretty good. Um, uh, I think our other tournaments that have been really successful, we played good at uh, Wybring in the mm-hmm. Redbird Classic, I think. Um, I think we shot 299 there as a team. So I think that we we built that was our first tournament under 300 so mm-hmm. i think after that we have this goal to break 300 and i think we're just building off of that we mm-hmm. keep building off of that and i mean we're shooting some pretty good scores so i think yeah. if we just keep building off of that is it particularly beneficial to see a course like that early in the season that's the state course right it, over at Webring or yeah oh yeah yeah it's we were really looking forward to playing there because we know we had some goals to play there at the end of the season and um yeah we were just excited to get to know the course a little bit so we could have an advantage later on in the year Leach, what's it like to just the uh, success of muhammad seymour athletics as a whole uh, you, the bulldogs were the news because that's program of the year uh, the 21 22 school year you have blake walters be a second round draft pick back in back in july football team seems to go undefeated every year not this year sorry john atkins but uh, <laughs> just what what's it like just having that that culture of success here in the hallways here at muhammad seymour Oh, it's great. I mean, to see other um, other athletes who are just as confident as we are mm-hmm. and we're also able to go out ourselves and um, produce great scores for mm-hmm. the logo that's on our chest and mm-hmm. kind of just continue that. Now, Reese is a veteran just like you are, Leaf, but just uh, I remember Reese is a freshman, scrawny little kid. He came in for our face of the fall photo shoot back last month in mid-August, and he looked like a, a tight end that could play football. At all. Just what's it been like seeing his game progress uh, these past couple of years at all? Oh, it's it's been great. I mean, um, seeing him be more comfortable in pressure mm-hmm. situations, and you know, he really leads the team. He's mm-hmm. a rock. He's an anchor that we can all build off of, mm-hmm. and um, you know, we expect him to keep a cool head, mm-hmm. and we can all rely on that. Reese, are you eating the your parents out of house and home? Uh, you're getting like 10 meals a day. I mean, you just look so much different. I know, obviously, you were a freshman a couple of years ago, but to where you are now, just how much has that helped your game, too? Oh, yeah. I, uh, I've i grown a lot since freshman <laughs> year. Um, yeah, I mean, I've gotten taller, bigger, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hit the ball further. Helps mm-hmm. a lot yeah. on these courses, some of the difficult courses we play. Um, yeah, I mean, it just really helps, like, solidify my game mm-hmm. as a whole so besides you two obviously who are some other key guys that are, are making this you know such a successful season for the Bulldogs um I think Kelton Hennessy is another key guy mm-hmm. um if we, he's a big reason we're shooting these good scores mm-hmm. and then Jacob Shadell, Parker Clements they're another big reason I think on any day we can go out and we can use any score in our top six mm-hmm. there's no two three four guys i think anyone can contribute in our team Leif, by the way a little bit of a uh, little bit of breaking news from your head coach david sebastek uh sent out a release a moment ago <laughs> kelly weatherell made a, a hole in one yesterday at lake of the woods golf course Whoa. on the uh, 14th hole out there but of course uh, david the club pro out there at lake of the woods golf course head coach of the boys team here at bahamut seymour just what's he like to play for and, and what do you learn from him and what's that uh, what's that like to be coached by him Oh, it's it's great. Um, he always provides great information on te- on the tees. Um, 
you know, he's someone that you can really have a good debate with Mm -hmm. as far as, like, I want to hit this club. He wants to maybe dial it back. Mm -hmm. It's not so much of a – he's definitely a player's coach. Gotcha. Um, Yeah. Reese, uh, say you're in the fairway, you know, approaching the green. What's what's the go-to club you you look for in the bag? What's the one you feel most comfortable with? Oh, uh, I love my eight iron. So (laughs) if I'm in the fairway, I'm – I'm hoping to have eight iron to nine iron. Those are my two favorites. All right. Leaf, same question to you. Just what's what's the go-to option that, that you pull out of your bag? Um, go-to would have to be probably a nine iron or a pitching wedge. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, I really like that distance. Okay. So. Do you guys feel more confident in the, the long game or the sh- sounds like short game, right? You like to be in kind of those those short yardage situations. Putting, I mean, where would you say maybe <laughs> is uh, the strongest part of your, your game if you had to? evaluate yourself um me personally i'd have to say my short game really is something that i rely on um being able to go up and down in tough situations is something that i just have to do um but yeah i would have to agree with that i don't necessarily hit the best shots pro shots (laughs) off the tee shots but i think when it comes down to around the greens i think i can really make up a lot of strokes and lower my score there all right, you guys have been great. We'd love to keep you for 10, 15 more minutes, but you are student-athletes first. The student part, you guys got to go back to class here as we record this on a, a Thursday afternoon. But before we let you go, uh, just to get to know some of your teammates a little bit better, on-the-spot questions, Reese, who's your funniest teammate? Parker Clements. What what makes Parker so funny? <laughs> oh, he's he's just a character. I mean, he, he makes everyone on our team laugh, even Coach. So. Uh, all right, Leaf, uh, who's the most serious teammate? Most serious, I would have to say Kelton Hennessy. Why? Um, he really keeps everyone in focus. Okay. And he's just, yeah, always always serious. You guys are in the car driving to a long uh, tournament <laughs> a ways away. Who's got the aux cord? Who's, who's bumping the tunes? Oh, definitely Parker Clements. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. What, what What's the musical choice? What's um, the musical taste? He's got a lot of variety. I mean, <laughs> there's never one thing that he's going to play. He's going to play a bunch of different stuff. Gotcha. Awesome, guys. Well, again, thanks for uh, stopping by. Best of luck to the you and the Bulldogs the rest of the season. Uh, looking forward to, to covering you guys the rest of the way, and uh, hopefully you guys can uh, make some noise and uh, you know bring back a state title, Muhammad. No pressure or anything. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem, guys. Of course. Thanks. For an unprecedented seven years in a row, the News Gazette has been named the state's best newspaper. Nobody covers all the area communities like News Gazette, our county section. Adding a News Gazette subscription is easy. For less than $1 per day, no other media outlet gives you award-winning, in-depth coverage of local news and sports. Please go to news-gazette.com and click on the word subscribe in the banner. Order a News Gazette print subscription today. Welcome back to Extra Prep, the News Gazette's weekly high school sports podcast. Joey Wright and Matt Daniels back in our newsroom, hanging out with you. A nice conversation with Muhammad Seymour Boys Golf, Leif Olson and Reese Claybrook. Matt, the Muhammad Seymour Bulldogs, they've got some state title aspirations and for good reason. Yeah, I liked how Leif uh, really raised the expectations uh, for Muhammad Seymour. Uh, we, we've he said it firsthand, you know, they, they want a top three finish in state and, and a state title seems realistic, uh, for, for this year's group. And, uh, just, it's really cool to see how much success they're, they're having at all these big area tournaments, uh, coming away with first place, having consistently having four golfers shoot, uh, rounds in, in the seventies, which you don't really see that, that often at all. You usually see one or two possibly, but to have four 
potential scorers in the 70s is, is a good sign for for what they should accomplish and it, it seems crazy to say this Joey because it seems like the fall sports season just got underway but uh, golf obviously is the, the first one to go and they've been playing for about a month now and, and the postseason is going to be here in, in late September with regionals and then sectionals and, and then the state tournament as well but uh, keep an eye out on, on the Muhammad Seymour boys golf team They're, they've been doing some great things so far this season and uh, should continue to do so the, the rest of the season. Last year it was Champaign Central and Monticello. Of mm-hmm. course, uh, the Maroons had a state champion in Wade Shocked, and the Monticello Sages made a run to state as a team. Sages are still good this year. See what they do, but it's, uh, it's definitely the Bulldogs that are mm-hmm. leading the pack right now. Looking at some of our other sports, certainly football is king. I don't think anyone will argue that, just in terms of the attention it gets mm-hmm. uh, from communities and student bodies and all that, and we're... Entering the third week of the football season, Matt, what's caught your eye for the first uh, two weeks here? Yeah, I, I think the to me the the biggest storyline so far is just the St. Joseph Ogden seems back. Uh, mm-hmm. Joe, you've seen every snap that I the have. Spartans have have had so far this season. Uh, first with Monticello and with Unity uh, to beat Monticello at home in, in week one, and, and to do so, I know it was a forty to fourteen uh, victory for the Spartans, and, and it was a weird night too just because it was so hot it started late and then torrential downpours and thunderstorms rolled through and the game ended early saturday morning about twelve thirty in the morning but to do so in in such a i wouldn't say convincing way but a, uh, a just a workmanlike performance uh logan smith or their senior quarterback seems to have taken his game up uh, a notch or two this season coy taylor has continued to produce uh, at the wide receiver position and their defense while they have some areas they need to, to shore up seems opportunistic and then to follow up that win against monticello in in week one and go on the road to Tolono and, and play a vaunted unity program at, at Hicks Field, uh, a team that, that humbled St. Joseph Ogden in, in week two of the 2022 season. Uh, kind of similar circumstances. St. Joe beat Monticello in, in week one last season and then hosted unity and, and felt really good about themselves and probably came in too overconfident and unity really handed it to him. But this year, St. Joe battled back from from two double digit deficits uh, against the Rockets and, and showed off some unique play calls. Uh, you know, Coy Taylor lined up about twenty yards in, in the backfield and gets <laughs> a running start and uh, did that a couple of times. Exactly, yeah. and uh, just the way that they they held on for a thirty eight thirty five win uh, against Unity, I think, really kind of bodes well for for what the Spartans can accomplish. And, and again, you talk to any coach in the Atlanta Prairie Conference around here, any player as well, they all say the same thing. It's like a broken record. It, it's one of the most competitive conferences in the state for their, their size, you know, the 3A, uh, 4A level. Um, St. Joe's got an intriguing game this Friday night. They host Prairie Central at, at Dick Duval Field in, in Prairie Central. Uh, won the league last year, went 11-1, and reached the state quarterfinals. And uh, they've had a... Had a tough opener, played Unity in Tolono and lost 27-12 to and then responded in week two with a 47-6 to route of, of Pontiac. So it's, it'll be interesting to see if St. Joe can keep that, that positive momentum on its side as it continues on the, the rest of the way. But uh, to me, that is the biggest storyline so far through the first two weeks of the season is just the fact that for decades under the leadership of, of Dick Duvall, St. Joe was just a powerhouse. You, you expected them to not only win uh, base pretty much every regular season game, but also make deep postseason runs. And 
after not they won a playoff game last year for the first time since 2015 and and now they just got to kind of keep that all that that positive energy they've got going these first two weeks and and keep it going uh this friday night you mentioned that uh, playoff win first since 2015. They've been in the playoffs pretty mm-hmm. much every yes, year. I think exactly. only missed it uh, mm-hmm. once since that time, but just never have been able to break through mm-hmm. and kind of get above that five and four mark. But yeah, I, I had uh, I had them at number five in my AP poll this mm-hmm. week, and I think they came in at number four. So yeah. they're even getting some more attention from folks uh, that haven't seen them play every game. Yeah, and and they're at number two in, in the news because that's top ten, which runs every Thursday. And uh, Centennial is our new number one team. Unity who had that top spot uh, dropped the Rockets to number five in in our weekly area rankings. And and Centennial too shouldn't be overlooked as well. Um, probably no offense to your alma mater, Joey. <laughs> probably could have. Put up more than 49 points in the week one win against Urbana, a 49-14 win. But Coach Kyle Jackson kind of called off the dogs there, which is commendable too because mm-hmm. Urbana, kudos to them too for Curtis Blandon and the program, getting them back, playing varsity football. I know it's been a rough start for them on on the scoreboard, losing to Centennial and then last uh, last Saturday traveling to uh, Peoria, Notre Dame and losing 70 to nothing. Uh, but still, Centennial uh, went on the road in, in week two and, and beat uh, Peoria Manual 35-8 to over in Peoria. Uh, they've got uh, another test over in Peoria this Friday night, playing it at Richwoods on, on Friday night. So we'll, we'll see if, if Kyle Jackson's team can get to 3-0, and and, and then that's before the, the big rivalry game in week four between Centennial and Central uh, happens. But Centennial, looking at their, their schedule, I mean, it's the Big 12, so – like coach Kyle Jackson will say and, and central coaches Tim Turner has said this before you kind of know where you are in, in that conference but for Centennial this year you don't play normal community in the regular season you don't play Peoria two powerhouse teams in that league there's a real shot just looking at their schedule and you know coaches <laughs> and players I'll say one game at a time but us sports writers like to look ahead there's a real shot going into week nine they play at normal west week nine that they could be eight and zero and and competing again for a Big Twelve title. Uh, Kellen Davis seems to have really kind of upped his game too. The the junior quarterback, the the defense seems to be flying around making plays. And uh, yeah, it's it's just a uh, it's good to see Centennial football back to to where they are and uh, back to where they were in the late nineties, early two thousand under Mike McDonald. And it's crazy too to think twenty nineteen they were zero and nine. You know, losing games like ninety something to nothing to, to Peoria. And now they're now they're legit, yeah. you know, 6A school that uh, you got to pay attention to. And if you like high school football, a little bit out of our, our area's reach, but uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better game in the state than Normal West and Normal Community on That's Friday true. night. Yeah. Uh, it's a matchup of two teams in the top six in their uh, classes, Normal Community in 7A and Normal West in 6A. That'll be a, a great one. Crosstown rivalry battle, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Big 12 bragging rights uh, on the line, and we'll see how that plays into the conference race. That's uh, a little bit, again, outside of our area, uh, just a, a bit beyond Leroy's reach. <laughs> but if you like high school football, venture out to that one. should be a, a good one. And uh, you can listen to the Illinois football radio broadcast on your way, on your you way home. There you go. Busy yeah. Friday night for us in store. Yeah, that's uh, an understatement with uh, Illinois playing out at Kansas this week. We'll have Scott Ritchie and Bob Osmus and Anthony Zillis on the ground in, in Lawrence, Kansas. And uh, Joey, you and I will be here in the office holding the fort down. Uh, our new preps coordinator, mm-hmm. Zach Pyatt, has started this week. He'll be out at Tommy Stewart Field on 
on Friday night, Champaign Central hosts uh, Springfield Landfear in Central's homecoming game. It's crazy to think week three for a homecoming say, game. Was, it struck me as a little early. Yeah, to each of their own, I guess. we got a lot of homecoming games coming up uh, later this month. But, uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's hard to think, too, that the after this Friday night, the high school football season is, is one-third of the way over but uh some some good storylines some some trends have emerged so far and i don't know joey what else has kind of caught your eye on the high school football scene uh this this juncture of the schedule well as, as you alluded to it earlier urbana's return to football has been mm-hmm. a storyline i saw them play centennial in, in that first week game and it didn't uh, didn't go their way but they were able to score 14 points late mm-hmm. um late in the second half so good for them to maybe get some momentum back uh, in that one didn't translate unfortunately in week two against Peoria Notre Dame but still good to see the Tigers back in action their homecoming game is in the fifth week of the season against Champaign Central mm-hmm. we'll be out there uh, on Light Rock 97.5 Friday the 22nd, 22nd. Mm-hmm. yeah so that'll be a, a great days atmosphere. blur together Joey. they do <laughs> especially this week we talked about it earlier this week has felt a little a little crazy but mm-hmm. yeah their return to football has been good I've, I've got fond memories when I was in high school I tagged along my my senior year to a lot of their uh, road trips mm-hmm. uh, a couple trips to Peoria in there and good to see them back in action I don't I don't expect this one in week three to go their way against Peoria defending class 5a runner-up but and a, a terrific program Tim Thornton's done a great job over there but that, that's that's been a key storyline and I look at the Vermilion Valley Conference mm-hmm. too kind of on the other side of the uh, equation Westville yes off to a great start a, a big win over Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin a week ago and uh, BHRA is the team you want to beat in the BVC because that's so often the team the the conference runs through so the yeah, Tigers it, week it, two it, getting it done exactly too and, and you bring up the BVC and also I'll bring up the the Lincoln Prairie Conference two conferences now that uh, when we heard from all the those coaches when they came through our office in early August for our, our media day event you ask about the schedule and the first thing they would always bring up is is the close conference aspect of it and the, the BBC is now at uh, 10 teams along with the Lincoln Prairie Conference so you're going to get everyone each week and you don't have to worry about non-conference games you're going to see who's who's the best of the best and uh, for Westville to open up week one with a 21-14 uh, win at Salt Fork kind of open some people's eyes Salt Fork uh, led by Joe Hageman's uh, always a quality program always in the mix for a, a playoff spot and a possible win or two in, in the postseason and then uh, week two to to do that to Bismarck Henry Rossville Alvin and obviously those two teams, those two coaches, got good love at Westville, Mark Dodd at, at Bismarck, uh, have quite a track record of success and, and history. Uh, but you look back to last season, those two teams played twice, once in the regular season, and Bismarck pounded them in the regular season. And then they met in the first round of the playoffs last year, and Westville hung with them. And I believe they only lost, ended up losing by a, a one-score game, I think, was, was the final. And then for them to... Uh, go up on Bismarck last Friday, led 17-7 at half, then Bismarck responded right away in the third quarter, took a 22-17 lead, and then Westville, though, answered right back. Um, Drew Rutowski's uh, the real deal at, at quarterback for Westville. Um, Good Love has described him kind of as a linebacker playing quarterback, and, and he's not able to run over foes and, and lower his shoulder, uh, but also make some, some key completions when, when he needs to, and uh, Westville's got an interesting game uh, this Friday. Hosts Moments, who who's two and zero as well to to start the season. So uh, see if the Tigers are for real, and I think they are. I moved them up to number three in in our weekly top ten, and uh, to beat a team like Bismarck, and, and it's interesting too with Bismarck because for years, just a run first approach. You know, Carson Stevenson, their quarterback. I believe through 20-some passes last week in the uh, the loss against Westville. That might have been their 
total for an entire season in the past. They just didn't throw the ball much at all, but they've really opened up their offense and Carson Stevens more than a capable quarterback. Uh, we saw that last year with some big names and he's posted some big numbers so far this season, but uh, Westville took care of him in, in week two and uh, they're kind of the team to beat right now in, in the VVC moving forward. Lincoln Prairie Conference, it's it's an incredible story too if you think about it. Sullivan, Okaw Valley, uh, they are in our coverage area. I know they're a little bit of ways away, uh, but still in, in our coverage area. They had a 36-game losing streak uh, before last season. Uh, then they won week one. They beat Newton. Finished up at 4-5, and five, just mid- missed out on the playoffs. This year they're 2-0, they're and oh and they just routed Arcola last Friday night with a 54-6 to six win. Um, so if they win... This Friday, and off the top of my head, I'm blinking on, on who they're playing, so apologies to, to Sullivan fans, but if they win this Friday, sitting at 3-0, halfway to playoff eligibility, I uh, remember talking to, to three of their, their seniors, uh, Aiden Bollinger, uh, Kyle McCorkle, and, and Wyatt Pofer when they came here for media days, and there just seemed to be a different vibe uh, around Sullivan. You end such a lengthy losing streak like they did last season, and now you have a realistic chance of not only – competing for a playoff spot too but maybe emerging as one of the top teams in the Lincoln Prairie in their first year in, in that conference uh, it's just a really cool story and uh, you'd be curious to see how it all plays out two more storylines then we'll uh, kick it around to some other sports but mentioned Urbana's return be remiss if I didn't mention Fisher's return mm-hmm. too. another team getting back on the gridiron this season and uh, an 0-2 start for the Bunnies but last week played South Newton mm-hmm. 38-31 yeah. I, I don't know uh, stats or any specifics about that game but Surface level, competitive score, mm-hmm. uh, tough matchup against Tri-Valley uh, and, and Ridgeview-Lexington next week. So two tough battles for the Bunnies coming up. But uh, on the surface, looks like Matt Sinclair's got that team playing good competitive football and good to see them back on the uh, 11-man stage this season. Yeah, yeah it, it is. I mean, when, when Fisher football's had success in the past on, under previous coaches Matt Lang and, and Jake Palmer, uh, that, that community in, in northern Champaign County comes out and, and supports their, their football team like no other and uh, it was unfortunate that they, they missed out on varsity football last season, and uh, I know they're off to an 0-2 start. It was some, some tough games up ahead. But still, it's an, an encouraging sign to, to play a, a team like South Newton, an out-of-state foe, uh, hold, you know, be in a competitive game and only end up losing by, by a touchdown as Fisher's trying to kind of revitalize its its football program. And Again, they're going to play some tough teams in, in the heart of Illinois Conference. That's just a, a given, but... Matt Sinclair and his first head coaching opportunity, obviously a big name, one that kind of makes you sit up and pay attention given mm-hmm. a former linebacker at Illinois, played in the NFL, played over in NFL Europe, uh, has been on some college coaching staffs before and, and also in the high school ranks too. Uh, it was at Wheaton Warrenville South before he dived into to college. Then after his own past troubles, which he's been open and honest about, uh, the, the 2013 gun incident he was involved in, uh, you know, was at Monticello, and, and Coley Welter is one of the most respected coaches in the state over there with the Sages, and, and if he's able to give Matt Sinclair another chance, I think that really kind of spoke to his, his how he's recovered from, from that incident a decade ago, and you're not going to meet a, a guy who loves football more than, than Matt Sinclair, and, uh, you know, just wish him kind of nothing but the best uh, moving forward, and, and hopefully the, those bunnies can, can turn some of those close, close losses into, into some close wins, and it, it's always good to see Champaign County schools uh, have success and and they've gone through some tough times with the the Fisher football program, but uh, now they've got a chance to to reboot and uh, we'll see if maybe they can 
shocked the state on, yeah. on Friday night. Tri-Valley always a, a team that is vying for state titles and uh, deep postseason runs in, in downs. Uh, if you don't go on a d- deep postseason run, it's probably considered a disappointing season. So Fisher's probably going in thinking they have nothing to lose on, on Friday night, and we'll see if they can, can pull off a stunner. And my last storyline, the, the whole town's talking about it. Will I be at St. Thomas More's football game on Saturday? <laughs> as a fan, there's, there's been some speculation, just as a spectator. But uh, the Sabres off to a 2-0 start on the eight-man level. They're mm-hmm. in our top ten. They'll play mm-hmm. South Fork on Friday on Saturday night, pardon me. And a good start for the Sabres. Uh, came within a win of playing for a state title last year on the eight-man's uh, biggest stage. Mm-hmm. And now off to a... Strong start this year with pretty much everyone back. Yeah, they've got some strong personalities on, on that, that Sabres team, and that probably shouldn't be a surprise considering their coach, Nathan Watson, is a, a pretty strong, vivacious uh, personality h- himself. But, uh, yeah, they, they kind of struggled a little bit in Week 2, uh, went up to, to Flanagan and, and held on for a 20-17 to 17 win against Flanagan Cornell Woodland, but uh, had a nice Week 1 win against Blue Ridge. And expectations are definitely elevated for, for STM this season if you come within one win of, of playing for a state title and uh, the eight-man game around here I think and it, I think it's only a matter of time too before the HSA takes over the eight-man game uh, I think that's inevitable uh, I wouldn't be shocked if it happens this decade um, I know the eight-man game has got a good thing going with their own association it's basically they basically have all the same rules and guidelines that IHSA football teams do so it's, it wouldn't be too much of a, a difference it's just their their state title games are played over in uh, Monmouth, Illinois at Monmouth mm-hmm. University and not g- grouped with all the other state title games, which this year will take place in, in normal uh, at Hancock Stadium on the Illinois State University campus. But STM's got a, a chance to really uh, really turn some heads this year. That's why they're in our top ten. They, they've got lofty expectations, only missing one starter from last year's team, Matt DeLorenzo, obviously a vital part as, as their quarterback and, and starting defensive back. But Reed Craddock's now the guy at, at quarterback for STM, and when you've got an athlete like Peace Boomba in the backfield and you can get them out in, in space as well uh, that bodes well and got some really good linemen as well and, and linebackers Robbie Vavrick uh, Brody Cuppernell as well they were guests on on Wednesday night's prep football confidential radio show and yeah they they've definitely got lofty expectations and uh, I'll be curious to see how they they handle all of those moving forward there's no reason St. Thomas More shouldn't be an eight-man power. You look at what they've done, uh, volleyball, mm-hmm. girls basketball, uh, all sorts of sports, making runs to the IHSA state finals in, in seasons past. And, and even before yeah. they, when they played 11-man football uh, for almost two decades, especially with Dan Hennessy starting that, that program when the school opened, they were a consistent playoff team uh, for a number of years in, in Class 2A and, and 1A as well. So it's they've got a good – foundation of football success at STM and and it's good to see them uh, just building on it even though they are playing the eight-man game and again the eight-man game I think it's a bad rap and from talking to all the players and coaches yes there are less players on the field but it's still football it's not like it's flag football or anything and and like you mentioned last night too on the radio show Joey a lot of people expect almost like arena like scores and there are some big scores (laughs) in eight-man game but I mean 20 to 17, that's as about as a football score as you can get. And that's yeah. what they had last uh, Friday night. 34 at to 6 in exactly. week one. You know, it's yeah. a football score. St. Thomas Moore mentioned what they've done on the uh, on the volleyball stage. A uh, couple of state championships in recent memory. And uh, switching gears to volleyball. That might be the, the match to watch next week. St. Thomas Moore and St. Joseph Ogden. Mm-hmm. Two teams ranked highly in our top ten. 
going at it, uh, and that's kind of the uh, the centerpiece of next week's volleyball slate. Features a, a number of good games, Central Centennial among them. Yeah, no, there's a. It's an interesting uh, volleyball scene so far this year. We've got Muhammad Seymour in, in the top spot in our rankings. The Bulldogs went down to Edwardsville uh, last Saturday and and only suffered one loss in a, in a highly competitive 14 team uh, tournament featuring some some really good school small schools there as well as, as big schools. Um, STM led by Brad Dalton this season, back for his second stint at STM after he was at St. Teresa, former Heritage coach as well, uh, led St. Saint, Saint T to a, a state volleyball title. Um, they've got a, a Division One commit in, in Julia Johnson. Uh, she's going to High Point, I believe. It's either High Point or Elon. I can't remember which one. And I know I asked her when she was here for our faces, but I believe it's High Point. You can you can fact check me in real time, Joey. You're you're at the computer. Um, Addie Kerr, a setter, younger sister of, of Caroline Kerr, former uh, High Point. High Point. All right, good job. Thank you. Uh, Caroline Kerr, former News Gazette Volleyball Player of the Year uh, from STM, who's shining at, at Tennessee. Her younger sister Addie's the one kind of directing STM's offense. Um, they're off to a three and one start. They're at, uh, the Clinton classic this Saturday. So they'll play four matches, possibly five, but yeah, SJO is off to a, a solid start as well. Peyton Williams and Addie Roche are, are kind of leading SJO. Uh, they carry an 11 and two record in, into next week, play second last Saturday at the Mattoon Invitational. So coach Abby McDonald is just continuing to churn out success like she has in the past. And, and two other teams that have really kind of or three other area teams too that have really kind of taken me by surprise this season. They're all off to undefeated starts as, as we record this. Sarah Gordon-Bement is 10-0, and 0, perfect on, on the season. The Broncos, coached by Dan Durbin, just won the Altamont tournament tournament last Saturday, uh, getting five wins uh, last Saturday. And Judah Christian uh, starting off 8-0. Uh, they haven't played a match since August 29th when they beat Salt Fork. They're back in action this Saturday. Uh, the Panther invite in in Leroy, and then uh, Westville as well. Uh, the Tigers off to a ten and zero start. They beat Decatur Eisenhower on on Wednesday. They host a tournament uh, this Saturday over in Westville, and uh, they're just racking up the wins. They haven't lost a set so far this season. So uh, curious to see how those three teams play the rest of the way. But those are some of the the highlights on on the area volleyball scene. A lot of good things happening in Westville right now, it feels yes. like. Football, you look at what baseball and softball did last spring, mm-hmm. a lot of wins, so good time to be a Tiger. I feel like they need to be a guest at some point on extra prep, mainly also, too, because there's a Dairy Queen right by the high school. So. There it is. Well, yeah. and Grossburgers, there, there you too. Go. A lot of good, yeah, uh, and good. I think it's Mike's uh, something. There's a nice diner like okay. right across the street from Grossburgers. Right. Pretty good. They're yeah. also celebrating their 150th anniversary as a town this year, so... I think we may need to go to Westville at some point I, for this I podcast. I think so. We'll give them a call. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and then looking at cross-country, too, to wrap things up here, St. Joseph, we talked with Unity on last week's episode of Extra Prep, their mm-hmm. girls' program, St. Joseph Ogden's boys' program, looking like they're going to be the team to beat in the area this uh, this season. Yeah, well. it looks that way so far with Coach Jason Retz's program. Uh, they've been in two invites so far. They were in Christman last Saturday at the Cowchip Classic, which the Unity girls team ended up winning a team title, uh, as well as they go for a three-peat uh, in state 
the third possible state title uh, later this season. But Carson Maroon's really kind of been a standout for the Spartans. Uh, the first opening weekend of the season, they went down to Paris at the Doc Ackland Memorial Invite, and Maroon won the whole thing. And then uh, the Spartans won the team title last week in Christman, and Maroon won the, the race as well with a first-place finish. So good start for, for St. Joe, and we'll, we'll see how they uh, do moving forward. I know they got a big invite that they run through the town of St. Joe and the flat streets there, the Spartan Classic, coming up in a little more than two weeks. But, yeah, the area cross-country scene seems as, as healthy as ever. Uh, lots of good runners always seem to come through this area and, and make some noise at, at Detweiler Park in Peoria the first weekend in, in November for the state meet. So uh, eager to see it all unfold. It'll be fun to watch as the season progresses. Still young. Cross country just started. They were the last to get mm-hmm. going. So they're uh, they're only a couple of days into their season. Everyone's competing to be on extra prep. So we'll see, <laughs> we'll see who makes the cut next. Uh, you'll have to stick around for that next week. But that'll do it for episode two of the second season of our weekly high school sports podcast. Thanks to Muhammad Seymour Boys Golf for joining us. Leif Olson and Reese Claybrook, the Bulldogs' state title ambitions. Good luck to them as they chase them throughout the season. For Matt Daniels, I'm Joey Wright. Plenty more online and in print. Newsgazette.com. And that's the prep, and uh, we'll end it there. Thanks for listening, and have a great rest of your day.